Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. This is episode three of the series titled Back to the Basics, A Guide for Growth, featuring Scott McNally. Scott is the prolific podcaster of the bodybuilding arena, and you can find all of his shows on bodybuildingnerds.com and advicesradio.com. And of course, you can look for Bodybuilding Nerds and the Advices Radio Network on all platforms where great podcasts are disseminated. During this episode, you're going to hear Scott bring us all kinds of useful info regarding the nutrition aspects of being fit. Scott guides us by breaking down the macronutrients that we need with an emphasis on proteins, but he also brings the fats and the carbs to the table. You get that? To the table? <laughs> that was pretty good, right? But but no, he also discusses emotional eating and some of the things that we have to cut out of the diet, uh, like refined sugar, which is definitely evil, folks. It's the devil. At any rate, I am personally taking full advantage of the information being brought to us by the very knowledgeable Scott McNally, and I implore you to do the same. So, without further introduction, here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. As always. And on the line with us today, almost as always, here lately, it's, it's been quite a bit, uh, Mr. Scott McNally of Advices Radio and Bodybuilding Nerds Radio. How you doing, Scott? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. I much appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you being on for this third part of our series, Back to the Basics, A Guide for Growth. And we are talking about basically just getting in there and making things happen for physical fitness, for exercise, for bodybuilding, however you want to term it. Those terms are kind of interchangeable with all of us, and we, we've learned that by now. And this is the third part of our series. Uh, we started out talking about motivation and mindset, and then we kind of went into routine and, and how we're going to stack up our, uh, our routine in order to get the best results without killing ourselves in the process, right? And then uh, today we're going to talk about nutrition a bit, Scott. This, is, this one... It's very timely for me right now. I got to be honest with you because I'm getting ready to start dieting again, which I That's, haven't I haven't really dieted in a while, like I should have, or like I should be, I guess. And uh, something hit me not too long ago. It's like, okay, I got to make this thing happen. So I've been gearing up toward that. So once again, there has to be kind of a mindset uh, when you're when you're leading up to dieting as well, just like when you're leading up to your physical uh, exertion, your exercise. Uh, I'm psyching myself out to to get on this diet too. And uh, pretty excited about it. But thanks again for coming on, Scott. Glad to have you with us. Nice. Well, I'll look forward to seeing uh, what you put together, James, with your diet. And and you're right, man. All these things, they, they feed right into one another. So you have to have you know the mindset first uh, of being successful. That's the start. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I feel that the, the training is what really locks people into this. And once you begin training and you start to uh, see progress in the gym, meaning that, you know, you start to feel better, you might even start to, to feel that your clothes are fitting on you a little bit better. Your composition might even be changing a little bit, even without doing anything to nutrition. It's from there that we usually start to say, huh, okay, so, so maybe if I were to do something with my diet, I might be able to get even better results. And that's, that's the reality of it. So all these things tie together. Uh, the, the training is 100% of the program and the nutrition is 100% of the program and, and rest is, is another important part of the equation, but we've worked that out in the last episode talking about training. So now that you're on a decent training split and that you've, uh, you've worked yourself into that habit. Now let's look at some nutrition and, and where I want to start is the, the basics. And so my first thought is is that um, you know a lot of times I think that that people think that they need to make these big radical changes to their diet in in order to be healthy and you know they start adding all sorts of things in and they start removing all their favorite foods. You, look, here's my first thought. Like just like we did with the training, I want you guys to be able to do something that you can commit to long term. You know, I I just had. A client recently asked me a question, which was, you know, he was a guy who hadn't been very consistent with his training, had never been in good shape before. And and now, uh, after a dozen or so weeks, we've got him, he basically, he looks like a different human being, which is really cool. And we're going to take the next 12 weeks to, to push him even further. And he asked me a question. He said, hey, uh, when's a good time to just stop for a while? Like, you know, take a month off, take a month off of training. 
take a month off of the diet, just eat a bunch of food that I like, you know, and just have fun. And I, I, I had to think about it because I was thinking, really, you know, this is, I'm trying to work risk, you know, uh, um, I'm trying to work damage control here thinking, well, when's the least hurtful time to do this? And <laughs> right. really there is, there's no good time to do that. And, and what we want to do is we want to set you up on uh, a nutrition plan and a training plan that you'll be able to live and enjoy and find balance within. So I'm not saying that you can't still enjoy the foods that you want to enjoy, but that doesn't mean that you need to enjoy those foods every day. So the foundation of this is to just shoot for a little bit better than you did before. And if you can do that every day, you'll get better and better with your nutrition. You'll start to see more results. Those results feed into the drive to do more and you really start to have fun with it. I, I, you know, James, while you're dieting and you want to lose fat, things are probably going to have to be, you know, fairly structured. You'll, you'll build into a plan where things do get fairly structured. You don't get to eat, you know, junk food every day, but you know, this is for a period of time. And, and once you reach those goals, you know, when you, when you want to start to let off the gas a little bit, you can find a happy balance where you will be able to go out and enjoy a cheat meal, you know, with, with your family or, you know, do, do the things that you still want to do, but within moderation, it's not something that you're going to want to do every day. So, you know, first thing I would do is just start tracking your food. A lot of people don't even think about everything they eat in the day. You ask them, you know, well, what does your diet look like now? I've heard a lot of people tell me, I don't know. And that's a problem here. Right. That's a problem. It's a problem across society in general that we don't realize what we're putting in our bodies. And so my first thought is, is keep a diet journal. What I'd like you to do is uh, just make notes. You could do it on your phone. You write down on a piece of paper you keep in your back pocket every day. I'd like you to start looking at the approximate portions of your foods, start looking at the times of days that you eat them. And I'd keep that diet journal for like a solid week and start to see what the patterns within that. And now at this point, you're paying attention to what you're eating and you're aware of it. And from there, you could start to decide where you want to make changes. You can start to eliminate some of the simple carbohydrates, the things that, uh, the things that uh, you know, aren't going to do your, your body good. Let's talk about you know, what, what the beneficial foods are. There's, there's going to be some healthy, clean foods that are going to help you toward your goals. And the diet is going to be based around protein. A lot of people, that's, that's the thing people don't want to eat. You know, a lot of people want to eat carbs. People want to eat fats. People want to eat carbs and fats together. That's delicious. But a lot of times <laughs> people want to leave the protein out. Right. So what I want to do is, is look at what our healthy proteins are to begin with. And that would be things like lean meats, you know, your chicken breast, egg whites are good, turkey breast. You can get, you can get lean ground turkey from the grocery store. Lean steak is, is a good option. You know, you don't have to stay away from red meats, especially grass fed red meat is beneficial. It has healthy omega fats in it. You'd use you know, healthier, leaner, uh, uh, ground, uh, red meat, beef, uh, you know, fish is really good. Um, if you want to use something like a cod, wild caught fish is usually the best. It's a little bit more pricey. And I will note too, that protein is going to be your most expensive part of the diet. Um, I mentioned egg whites and eggs and, uh, you know, there's, there's some other foods out there, but this, this, these things will give you a good foundation, basically lean animal sources of protein. And so what I would try to do is look at your diet. Now, how many times are you eating? Are you eating are you eating two times a day? Are you eating three times a day? I mean, ideally, in your perfect diet, you're going to be eating you know, four to five times a day, somewhere in somewhere in that range for you know an average person. We can also use whey protein as an option too. So my thought would be, if you're eating two times a day, then then start to shoot for three times a day. Try to shoot for you know a breakfast and a lunch and a dinner, and focus those meals around a lean source of protein. And here's the deal is that you, you guys, you guys hear the term, the word anabolic, you know, you, you see it advertised on, on so many different supplements. We know about anabolic steroids and, you know, it's a word that's thrown around a lot in fitness and simply put the word anabolic just means there's more protein going into the muscle cell than the amount of protein that is leaving the muscle cell. So that's important to understand because your body's never just holding still in the same place. You're either in an anabolic state 
where that's happening, or you're in a catabolic state where the opposite is happening, where more protein is leaving the muscle cell than is entering it. And so for that reason, we need to continually feed the body protein in small meals throughout the day. Um, so what, what, are, are you saying that we should be using uh, whey protein as a replacement for a meal or in adding it to our meals? That's a good question. Thanks for helping me clear that up. Um, you could use it, say you're eating uh, right now, say you're eating two times a day. Mm-hmm. Then one option might be to eat, you know, change those meals over so that you're getting a lean protein source in it and uh, maybe add an additional meal. So now you're getting three solid meals a day. We'll say the first one might be some egg whites. Second one might be some chicken breast. And the third one might be some lean steak. And then we could throw a fourth meal in there that would just be whey protein only. So, you know, a good way to arrange that would be, let's say you you work out uh, after after work. You could have a, a meal in the morning. And this is for somebody that doesn't eat a lot. If you could eat more than this, then that's fine too. But let's say that you're only eating a couple times a day and now we're working up to three solid meals plus a shake. Then a good option might be to do something like, uh, you know, eat in the morning and then eat again in the afternoon. Uh sometime before you train, get your workout in, have a scoop of whey protein, and then, you know, an hour or so later, eat that that last solid food meal of the day. Makes sense. Yeah, something along those lines. So, you know, ideally, uh, protein-wise, you know, what are we looking at? I would shoot for somewhere in the ballpark of at least at least a gram of protein per pound of body weight. You know, lean, well, we'll say somewhere around the, the ballpark of lean body mass. So, you know, a guy who's uh, 200 pounds, if he's if he's getting at least 200 grams of protein, that's that's kind of a bare minimum to start with. And I'm I'm coming from the perspective that we don't have to be perfect to start, and that you can continue learning well beyond listening to this podcast. But I want to give you a foundational point that you can start with. If you if you're eating two three times a day, and one of those meals is uh, fast food. And the other one, another one of them is chips and another meal is a bologna sandwich. Then just by making these changes, going to say, you know, a meal that contains eggs and egg whites, another meal or two that contains chicken breast and, you know, or a, a lean fish or something like a beef plus, you know, a scoop of whey protein as, as another meal, then you're already going to be doing better than you were before. And you will start to see progress. Like I said, the diet doesn't have to be perfect in order for you to, uh, to have success. I like that idea a lot. Just, you know, changing one meal at a time, especially, especially for somebody who isn't used to dieting or doesn't, maybe never even dieted before ever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot, I think it's a lot easier to, okay, here's everything that I eat normally throughout the day. Now, instead of, just flipping everything around and making sure I eat everything healthy and trying to stick to that. Let's change one, one meal. Let's change breakfast. Let's do egg whites in the morning, you know, for for a week or whatever. And then the next week, let's try to add in, you know, it may be a healthy snack on top of that or uh, that second healthy meal or whatever until eventually, you know, that your whole week is structured the way you want it. Absolutely. And, and really quickly, I was also just going to add that just thinking about your food, Scott, that you, you mentioned at, at the very onset of this, thinking about it too often. And I was just talking with someone about this the other day. We, we make food, uh, other things in our lives. It, it serves other purposes than just fuel for our bodies. You know, we use it in ritualistic ways. We, it, it's social, it's habitual, it, it's emotional, all these other types of eating that we do. And we're not even really paying attention to what we're shoving in our mouths oftentimes. oftentimes. So just thinking about what we're eating is a, a great start, right? Just, just knowing that we're, we're putting things in our body that's going to have consequences, either positive or negative, and sometimes both. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And and even if you do uh, do what you were saying, Colt, and just switch over one meal, you'll start to see results from that. You know, right. You'll start to to feel better. You'll start to notice that your 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 digestion starts to uh, you know feel a little bit more at ease. Um, you know, a lot of times what what we see from eating a lot of junk food is. Our bodies develop a lot of inflammation, and you're you're then holding a lot of water retention. And just by switching over to these clean foods, your body is going to thank you by letting go of some water weight. I'll tell you when I will switch because this is this is the foundation. This is what I do. You know, I I don't um, I don't do personal training. I'll help some of my clients 
to make sure that they're on a good training plan and that they're getting the most out of the work we're doing. But my focus is is purely really nutrition with my clients. And, uh, you know, I work with people that are already plugged in and focused and getting ready for contests. And then I work with people that just want to make positive changes in their lives. And if I take someone off the street that hasn't been doing any type of a consistent plan, just by, even if this is adding a lot more food, we'll find that they lose five, six, 10 pounds within the first week. And now that's not fat loss. That's just fluid loss. Right. we're moving in the right direction and we're removing inflammation from their body. And that's just so important because that inflammation is that's, that's basically, I think that's where disease comes from. You would you guys agree with that? I hear a lot about inflammation and how combating inflammation will combat all kinds of disorders that happen in the body. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that, you know, you put yourself in that, that healthier, lower stress position, and then from there, your body will become a, 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 just a, a lot more, uh, a lot more uh, willing to to do what you want it to. If you find yourself that your body is stressed, and uh, you know you're not getting enough sleep, that you're putting all this junk and chemicals into your body, your body will become resistant to to making the progress that you want to see, be it either in fat loss or in muscle gains. So I would definitely say. That, uh, you know, this, what we're talking about is for fitness and, you know, the end result, it'd be great to look better. Uh, it'd be definitely a bonus to feel better, but I really do believe that you can add years to your life just simply by, you know, paying more attention to your nutrition. And once again, that doesn't mean having to be perfect, you know, out the gate, but it does mean, you know, putting some effort into this. And I think it's an effort that we all should, you know, put into our lives. I, you know, we care, we should care about our bodies. This is the only body that we are going to get and we should take pride and we should respect our bodies. And by that, you know, a lot of times, uh, I guess, I guess what I'm battling here is, is that we are so tied to emotional eating, especially, I don't know about around the world, but especially here in America, we are so tied to emotional eating. When you tell somebody, you know, that they can't have the the junk foods that they want on a regular basis, they literally feel like it's the end of the world. Like something dies inside of them. You know, you look at, you look at what our social uh, setups are all about. You go on a date with a girl, what's it revolve around? It goes around, revolves around going out to eat. You have a Christmas. You, what, what, what do we call it? Christmas dinner. You know, all these things. Thanksgiving dinner. Right. We get together and we eat all these foods. And that doesn't mean that you can't still have community. That doesn't mean that you can't still have a great date. It just means that you want to be a little bit more sensible and you want to keep your overall body's health in mind. That also doesn't mean that you can't ever have a hot dog when you head out to the stadium too. You can do that. But you want to plan for it. You don't want it to just happen. You want to you want to work that into your life, and you want to be very mindful of the foods that you're eating. And that way, uh, I think that that in itself, just being mindful, is the foundation. You know, Scott, something interesting we've talked about before on the show is the uh, the only live once mentality, and you're taking it from a good perspective. Of okay, I only live once, so I want to take advantage of right. uh, of my body and try to keep it here as long as I can keep it here. However, mm. I think the other side of that is the people who think I only I'm only going to live once, so I'm going to do whatever I want while I'm here because I'm not here that long. You know, so I think I think I don't know that's a fifty fifty split on you know fifty percent of people think one way and fifty the other, whatever. But to me, it seems like it's a lot higher on the bad perspective of. I'm just going to eat those hot dogs every day because I'm only going to be here once, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know, but I've seen I've seen the extremes. I've seen the extremes on the side that I only live once, so I'm going to really take care of my body. And I've also I've seen brittle diabetics who eating sugar is detrimental to their health. But mm. one 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 man in particular, he said, "I would rather die." than not be able to eat like I want to. And so he chose not to eat healthy, even though he was a very brittle diabetic. And so it's just amazing. And Scott, wouldn't you say that, you know, you mentioned those comfort foods and that emotional eating and how people trying to tear away from it. It's like taking away their firstborn child sometimes. Don't you think that's an addiction, just like a lot of the other substances that are out there in society? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. No question. There's an amazing amount of instant gratification that goes along with, you know, eating junk food. That that definitely fires off the James and you could probably speak to this. Does that fire off the same chemicals that you would get from uh, say gambling or or through other addictions? Absolutely. And there's there's studies that uh, are pretty familiar to a lot of people where they uh, they tested on rats, of course. Uh, those poor mice, they they always get to you know <laughs> get a rough way to go. But no, they yeah. were they were given um, uh, sugar and then they were given cocaine, and the sugar was actually it was a little more addictive according to their findings than the cocaine was. Really? And so wow. yes, and so it's working on the same receptors in the brain. The same brain chemicals are being fired, and of course we know how uh, you know just from you know seeing in the news or whatever you know through people that we know whatever we know that cocaine is a very addictive drug right <laughs> uh, but we don't think about sugar in that way because it's so pervasive in society and it's it's, it's more subtle you know it, it's subtle and of course it's legal and socially acceptable not only that you need it you need food right. you need food to survive True. you can you can practice abstinence with, uh, you know, addictive drugs, but you can't practice abstinence with food itself. Right. And that's, I think, where a lot of people uh, have that problem. I found that um, there are people who have come to me that can't do it. They they can't they can't follow a plan, and it's it's something that they need to work on. There's been times more than once when I've had to say, in a, you know, as nice of a way as I can, you know, have you thought about talking to a professional that can help you with this because you know I can help you I can tell you what to eat but it's not my place to be inside of your head and to be a psychologist you know that's that's not in my job description and I don't I I I don't think that you know I'm not qualified for that I I've had to ask people if that's something that they'd be interested in doing and I've had people that have done that and that they've changed their relationship to food because they wanted to be successful. So I would say, you know, for, for someone that does consider themselves to be really tied to the foods that they eat and that it could be unhealthy for them, that, that maybe that that's something that they might need to consider too in order to get in shape. Listen, like I said from the start, guys, I think that anybody can do this. Even somebody that is quite obese can do this. But, you know, it's it's those people when I've had when I've had, you know, a guy that comes to me who is 300 pounds without a lot of muscle mass, there's a good chance that he's going to be one of the guys that does have some mental struggles. Uh, he doesn't have to be that guy. He could be a, a skinny guy that has his own struggles. But I have found that the people that do tend to be obesely overweight do have more of an uphill battle. And I say this not to discourage them, but to arm them with the knowledge that they can do this, but they might need to. They might need to do more than just willpower through it. They might need to get some help from an outside source. I would say, at the very minimum, it, depending on, I guess, your level of if it's obesity or, or whatever. Just if, if you know you have a lack of willpower, you need a an accountability buddy, right? You need someone to help you. You, you need a a sponsor almost, like uh, because if food is an addiction for you and it is for a lot of people uh, and that's on a continuum of course it, it's it's worse for some than others but you need someone to help you stay focused and someone to be accountable to right because absolutely because like you said you got to have food and all with all the advertising and, and foods everywhere you know you go to a gas station they don't have in the stations they don't have healthy foods you know no. if you're a smoker then you got to look at the cigarettes every time you walk in and that's a problem if you're if you have a problem with the drinking then you, you go in and you see the alcohol uh, and and some gas stations have a really really nice selection of alcohol, right? It makes it it makes it very difficult. Uh, but the same with with the food. You walk in, gas stations are really not a good place. Now that I think about it, man, you got to watch out for those places. Get your gas, pay outside, and hey, leave. That's what I Get do. Get the I, hell out of I there as quick the as pump. possible. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's right. And so Scott, we, proteins are so important. You mentioned the cost of proteins. It's going to cost you a little more, and this this kind of ties in with the junk food as well. I think I think it's helpful to realize as well that if if you take away from the ice cream 
cost of your food bill. You take away from some of the other junk foods, the potato chips, so on and so forth. Then you then you redirect that money to your healthier proteins, and it kind of it kind of yeah. supplements that. It kind of counterbalances the the higher cost of the foods that you're buying. And the the problem is once again that people don't want to let go of those those junk foods, right? They still want to have those foods at least in the fridge. Well, you know, I want to treat myself maybe down the road this Saturday. And I, I would argue against that at, at first, especially at keeping those junk foods even in the, in your freezer in anticipation of a cheat day because it's, it's going to be more likely that you cheat before your cheat day, right. and then you're still going to probably keep your cheat day, and then therefore you're actually really cheating on your diet. Sure, sure. You know, the people that I find who struggle with that the most are people with kids because – you know, the kids have snacks. Yes. And ha- having snacks around, that leads to you eating snacks. That's an excellent, <laughs> that's an excellent point, Scott. Excellent point. I just, yeah, thought, so, I just thought of something, too. Uh, my, my wife does, like, we, we normally shop at Walmart for groceries and stuff. My wife does that, uh, the grocery pickup now, to where okay. all you have to do is go online, you pick, you know, you pick out what you want, and then you just drive up and they give it to you. Right. I think that's an awesome, like in this scenario, that's an awesome thing to do because you're not having to go into the store and pass those sugar cookies and everything else, you know, to get to the foods that you're, you're there to get because more than likely your cart's going to end up full of a bunch more crap that you didn't need in the first place when you can just go online and pick out everything that you actually want. Impulse buys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've heard people talk about that recently. That's that's kind of a new development. I think that's a great tool, Colt. Uh, I think that you can uh, you can definitely take advantage of that if you found yourself, you know, buying that extra junk food and stuff. Uh, one more note on on you know, trying to to get this together, and you know, for the people that that are going to struggle. And listen, everybody's going to make mistakes. That. You know, this is a process. And just like we talked about with the weightlifting, you know, nobody goes into the gym and just starts bench pressing 315 on their first day for reps. It's going to it's gonna take time, and so is this. So be patient with yourself. And, and like I said with the training, focus on just making small improvements every day. Don't focus on the big picture. Don't focus on, you know, what you have to do for the next year. Just focus on what you're trying to do today. Try to be a little bit better than you were before. The big picture will take care of itself. Just like in the gym, before you know it, you know, a year goes by. And whether you were training or not, that year is going to go by. And if you do decide to commit to training, then a year later, you're probably going to be stronger. Same thing goes with the nutrition. If you just focus on the everyday, a year later, you're going to be healthier. We can give you some foundational information in this podcast, but this is just the start. And from here, if you fall in love with this, you'll continue to learn. You'll continue to educate yourself. You'll continue to look at how your body reacts to different foods, and you'll begin to find your own path. Because because here's the key. You know, we start with the protein, but protein is uh, just one of the three macronutrients that we're going to focus on. We've got your proteins, your carbs, and your fats. And protein is something that we all need. Now, the carbs and the fats, those things are going to be more individual. I work with some people that can diet all the way down into a contest while still using carbohydrates. I work with some people that can use uh, just fats and proteins. Um, I mean, proteins are always going to be the foundation, so let me restate that. I'll say I'll, I've worked with some people that can diet down into a show using proteins and carbs. I've worked with people who diet into a show and get, can get into lean conditioning using proteins and fats. Then there's some people that can only do proteins, proteins and veggies. And then there's finally some very rare people that can get into incredibly good shape with very fast metabolisms that can use proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. There's a good chance that to get into great shape, you're not going to be able to keep a high amount of each one of those macronutrients in your plan. But to start out, I would definitely give your body all three of them. I'd focus on trying to get in some proteins, some carbs, and some fat. So if we're going to start with at least one gram of protein per pound, then I would go to fats about a half a gram. Of, of fat per pound to start. So your 200-pound guy is going to be getting, we'll say, like 80 to 100 grams of fat, somewhere in there a day. And that's going to be probably on the higher end, and you'll find that you probably do want to taper that back. But, you know, just to start us out, 
it's not going to be a bad place. Now, fats are essential. You know, essential. The carbohydrates are not, but you you do need fats to survive, and fats will help you to produce uh, the hormones that we need in our bodies. Are like for for uh, us men to have a good, healthy testosterone range, women as well. But for us, you know, we're very dependent on our testosterone, and we need the cholesterol in order to uh, create those hormones. So it's important to have these things. You know, in our body, healthy fats would include things like almonds. Um, if you're using eggs, then I I would suggest using uh, a cage-free egg. If you can find like a free-range type egg where they actually let them go out into the fields and eat bugs and stuff, that's your best quality. And you're going to get some good healthy omegas out of that. Um, when you get to your fish, things like a wild-caught salmon. If you get a farm-raised salmon, they're just eating uh, just grains. And that the the fats are they become unhealthy. So for that reason, it's once again a little bit more expensive. But something like a salmon, if you eat it uh, wild caught, that's definitely going to be a completely different fat profile. It's going to be healthy for you. And the same goes for your grass fed beefs. Uh, avocado is another really good source of fat. Olive oil is another one. You could use macadamia nut oil. All your nuts would be uh, a decent option. Definitely almonds, like I mentioned, um, almond butter. You can use some peanut butter. I don't think peanut butter is a great fat. Uh, another one would be, um, I'm trying to think. I think that's a that's a decent list to start as far as fats go. The key you have to remember, though, is that because fats are so dense, they're easier to overeat. Uh, carbohydrates and proteins have four calories per uh, gram of protein or carbohydrate versus fats have nine. So if you were to eat an extra tablespoon of peanut butter, you know, with, with every meal, you would, you would definitely completely change your results and your plan. I can tell you too, that fats are, are very addictive for people, uh, especially things like peanut butter. I, I work with a lot of people that can't keep peanut butter in the house. How do you guys <laughs> do with it? I, I'm a peanut butter freak, I am Scott. A fan for sure. <laughs> peanut butter yeah. is is crazy, it, but it is loaded with sugar. Is that isn't that right? A lot of peanut butter. Yeah, I would suggest using a natural peanut butter. Yeah. So if you turn the label over, um, it will say the ingredients. It should only say one or two things, and that's peanuts and salt. Should be nothing else in there. If you see any kind of hydrogenated oil. That's just, that's just extra. You'll see you'll see some stuff that says natural peanut butter across the front, uh, but it's a it's a lie. You flip it over and it, it, it'll still have sugar. Maybe they'll put cane sugar in it, um, but yeah, they they add sugars to peanut butters. They add unhealthy fats to peanut butters. So definitely, it takes a little getting used to. I know because people like the the no stir peanut butter right and uh -huh. switching over to the true raw peanut butter or the true not raw but the true natural peanut butter uh it does take a little bit of getting used to it's not as sweet but once you make that shift give it a little bit of time and you can get just as addicted to that as you can the regular stuff i've got a story for you actually my first uh contest prep I had gotten laid off from my uh, warehouse job. They had closed down, and uh, I had a, a couple months left until my show. And so I decided, all right, I'll put in some applications. But at the same time, I'm just going to live the dream as a bodybuilder here, and uh, <laughs> and you know, ride this out for a couple of months. If I get a job, well, I guess I'll have to start doing that. But otherwise, I'm just going to eat, sleep, eat, sleep, train. And uh, do the best I can for this show. Nice. And then I found I'm I'm sitting. Yeah, you think it would be nice, but then I'm sitting at <laughs> home all day. And uh, it's very easy to just grab that that peanut butter and just take a little taste, take a little taste. Now, when we talk about a tablespoon of peanut butter, we're talking about a level tablespoon. We're not talking about a big heaping glob. There's a very big difference. You can take that seven grams for one tablespoon, and you can triple that with with a very with a with a, a liberal scoop. So that's what I mean about being careful, because you could you could change your macronutrients uh, that you're getting every day very quickly. So I had this peanut butter, and this is what I found I was doing. Um, what I ended up having to do was, you know those uh, those night deposit bags that zip close, and then you you turn a key in it. Yes. Uh -huh. I had one of those. I had gotten my hands on one of those. And so I put my peanut butter in that bag, and then I gave my girlfriend the key because I didn't want to not have peanut butter in my life. That was going to be the next option was not have peanut butter in my life. 
but I, what I did was I, I, uh, I gave her the key and that way I had to only get the peanut butter out while she was there. And I felt like I was being held a lot more accountable. So, it, <laughs> and it made a huge difference too. I saw my physique begin to change uh, dra- dramatically after that. Uh, but I, I do have one question, Scott, what about your milks? Like, uh, anybody who drinks milk a lot, uh, do you think it's a healthier option to switch over to like almond milk or cashew milk or something like that? Or do you think that that's loaded with sugar also? So it kind of stay away from it. Well, they do have like a, a sugar-free almond milk that I will use from time to time. I'm not a big fan of it, but I would definitely, I would cut the dairy for now. That's that, that, that would be my thought. Okay. I know a lot of people have trouble with that idea. But realistically, you know, you get plenty of calcium from the other foods you're eating. If you're eating a well-balanced diet, right. you don't actually need milk. And uh, you know, whether you realize it or not, I think that everybody has at least some level of lactose intolerance. You know, we we see once again we're going to go back to inflammation. Some people have a strong reaction and they drink some milk or they eat some ice cream and then they have major uh, digestional distress. Other people, they might not notice that. And those people will say, oh, no, I'm not lactose intolerant. But, hey, I can guarantee you this, that it's it's going to create more inflammation in your body. Uh, as bodybuilders, you know, we, we're the extreme. We don't use dairy for the most part. Dairy is one of the first things that we're going to cut out of our diets when we're getting ready for a show. And realistically, most of us don't use much dairy year-round anyway. You'll find that if you just remove dairy itself, you'll probably lose a little bit of weight. And if you don't remove dairy, then you're probably going to remain with a little bit of a film over your skin. I mean, by film, I mean just a little bit of water weight, a little bit of retention. It might only be a, a pound or two that you're that you're seeing there, but you could be tighter, you could be drier, you could be crisper. And uh, it's it's the inflammation that that stuff causes, whether you realize it or not. I do believe that everybody has some level of lactose intolerance. Interesting. So just to clarify, almond milk, good? Yes or no? Well, you don't need it. You don't need it. You could use it if you want to. I wouldn't heavily rely on it. It's not going to mm. give you any type of benefit. But you know, it's kind of a little. It's a little bit of a gray area there. If it gives you a better quality of life, and you're using an almond milk that doesn't have added sugars, it's only a couple grams of carbs per serving. And you know, then then you could consider using that. If it's laden with sugar, then absolutely not. Then it's a no go. Gotcha. Right. Okay. So the reason I ask is because I like a little something in my whey protein. Um, okay. With some of the flavors in particular, uh, they just taste better. i got to be honest with you, they taste great in milk. <laughs> they <laughs> oh, yeah. really do. I mean, one of them tastes exactly like melted ice cream. And, and what's better than that, you know, getting that, that flavor in with your whey protein. But, uh, you know, the water's fine. You know, I, it's not like it's terrible. But some of them just are, are better with some uh, something a little more. And almond milk doesn't go with everything that I find. And I, I do use an unsweetened almond milk. Um, but at the same time, if it's, if it's not healthy, if you're really going to go, you know, both feet in, then I just want to kind of clarify that. Yeah. So here's my thought. Uh, just focus on this, focus on what is food uh, in the purpose of this conversation. Food is a tool to reach our goals. And the more you can focus on using tools that'll help you reach your goals, the less that you'll be concerned about the emotional eating and about, you know, how it's going to make you feel. Right. Uh, I, I don't think that you have to be a hundred percent extreme. I think that there's going to be some room. And like I said, we're making small changes. So if you're using regular milk now, and then you switch to an almond milk instead, that's probably going to cause some beneficial changes in itself. As long as that almond milk doesn't have a bunch of sugar in it because milk itself, milk itself, not only does it have the lactose, but milk itself is loaded with sugar, and people don't really realize tons that. of sugar. That's something I didn't realize for a long time. You know, when I grew up, milk was you know, it's good for your bones, right? If you want to be yeah. a big, strong, healthy human being when you get big, you got to drink milk when you're a kid. Come to find out later, it's loaded with sugar. It's mm-hmm. jam packed full of sugar, and that can't be healthy for us, right? Yeah, and if you ask the vegans, and if you ask PETA, they would tell you that we weren't designed to drink milk anyway. Milk is, you know, milk is for baby cows, is what they would tell you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott, we have talked about the proteins. We've we've discussed the fats. 
do we have time to get into carbs? Or is there anything that we need to, to discuss carbs? Because carbs, to me, uh, the way that I've always learned about carbs is that they're fuel, but obviously they're overly consumed, um, and we don't think of them just as fuel to burn in the efforts to to uh, you know exercise, for instance, if we're if we're going to use them for that purpose. So, what can you tell us about carbs? Absolutely, carbs are of huge importance to understand and. You know, this is the one I think where a lot of people get hung up because carbohydrates are, they are your comfort foods in most cases. Carbs are the things that are easy to eat. Carbs make you feel good. Carbs uh, give you a good sense of well-being and they, they, uh, they, they, they just overall, you know, will produce energy. They bring your blood sugar up. That makes you feel good. Uh, but then you can also crash too. So by combining your carbohydrates with your proteins and possibly with fats, you're going to slow down the rate at which it absorbs. And that in itself is going to help because what happens is when we eat the foods we eat, these things you know, hit our bloodstream and then our body is triggered to release insulin and to store you know, these things. These, and then that insulin takes the food to muscle and it takes those foods to fat storage. If you eat a fast carbohydrate like a bunch of skittles those things are going to hit your bloodstream like a you know like a jackhammer and when it does your body's going to be triggered to just blast out blood sugar is going to go way up insulin is just going to pour into your blood because it recognizes we've got this big load and we need to grab onto as much of these nutrients as we can and store them as fast as we can before they go away so what's going to happen is, and, and what we see is, you know, a lot of insulin storage is around the midsection. So if you see a guy who drinks a lot of alcohol and that that's spiking his blood sugar a lot, and he's causing issues there. He's get that he's got that beer belly, and you'll you'll find that a lot of insulin storage is around the midsection. This is real common for men. You know, they come to me and tell me, oh, I can't lose the fat off my belly. I can't get my abs out. Insulin is going to be a a big factor there. So. When we focus on carbohydrates, A, we want to use them with a protein, possibly with a fat, depending on how your meal is set up, because that's going to slow down the absorption. And we want to use a high-quality, complex carbohydrate, not a carbohydrate that's going to hit your bloodstream and blast. We want something that's going to, that's going to be closer to a trickle. Things like oatmeal, sweet potatoes, red potatoes, uh, rice is good. Now, I used to use brown rice exclusively. I, I use jasmine rice now. I had talked to my friend, IFBB pro, Shelby Starnes. He doesn't use any brown rice in his diets whatsoever. What he found is that he uh, he discovered that uh, something called phytic acid is in brown rice, which is an anti-nutrient. It can, it can, it can um, uh, fight the absorption of protein. It can make you uh, less able to absorb protein. Well, so for that reason... That kind What's of flips that? the whole world upside down, doesn't it? Because brown rice is, it seems to always be the the yeah. number one, right? It's the go-to. Well, here's the thing: I switched to jasmine rice with my clients, uh, and I've never I've never had a trouble getting them in shape. Still, that's awesome. So, yeah, I just use jasmine rice now, and and I find that it works fine. Plus, it's a lot more delicious too. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you use these these, so we have your rice, as I mentioned, the potato. You know, quinoa is another good one. You know, breads breads on the fence. I, I wouldn't use bread for uh, somebody who wants to get into shape. Possibly a, a sprouted grain, uh, like Ezekiel bread, possibly. But for the most part, uh, the ones I've already mentioned, your your rice, your potatoes, and your oatmeals. I would center your your nutrition around those carbs. And I, the, the, the amount of carbs that you're going to use is going to vary. I mean, one, one to two grams per pound of body weight. I, in the, in the, we'll say of, of leaner body weight. I, I, I can't say exactly. When I build somebody's diet, I look at what they're doing. I usually what I will do is I'll put a carbohydrate if I can. I'll, if it's somebody that hasn't had a plan before, I'll try to put carbs in maybe three times a day. I'll put in maybe a, a serving of a half cup of oatmeal in the morning, let's say. For, for somebody we'll say is, you know, 200 pounds and not crazy out of shape. And, and then maybe a serving of uh, uh, one cup of rice pre and post workout or eight ounces of potato. And, um, you know, from there, I just, I just leave it, 
you know, right around there, which that's going to probably come out to be more like a half a gram to, you know, one gram of carb somewhere in there one or half a gram to one gram of carbohydrate per pound of body weight is what that would come out to. I guess it's, it's hard for me to say, cause I feel like everybody is so, uh, unique that it's, it's going to depend, but the key is, is just, uh, get your diet going and see how your body responds. If you're switching, you know, like you were saying, call it one meal over at a time, uh, you can watch your response from there. Um, and I would try to use your carbohydrates around the times that you are going to be using, uh, your body to, you know, do something physical. So, uh, there's no rule that you have to stop eating carbs at a certain time of night. If you're training in the evening, then I would definitely eat carbs in the evening. But uh, then then if you just sit at your desk all morning long, uh, you might not need as many carbs during the day. So definitely carbs are you know good for energy, but fats can be used for energy too. So uh, definitely I'd put carbs probably around the times that you're that you're doing something physical and then try to limit those carbohydrates either at times a day that you're more sedentary or on days that you're going to be more sedentary, possibly reduce those carbohydrates. Now, when you're saying oatmeal, you're just, are you, you're saying like buying quick oats and making your own oatmeal out of it, right? You're not talking about like going and buying the flavored packets that are packed with sugar, right? Correct. Yeah. They, <laughs> They make uh, some sugar-free versions of of those flavored oats, but for the most part, yeah. What I would do is I would just get quick oats or rolled oats. If you really wanted to, you could do steel-cut oats, but you don't have to. Um, and then I would use, you know, something like uh, some cinnamon to to sweeten, you know, to to flavor that. You could use maybe a small amount of stevia. I'd just keep that limited. You know, talking about sweeteners here, uh, I would say that. You know, sweeteners are okay. That's probably something we can get into a little bit more uh, on the next episode because there's there's a lot of pros and cons to them. Overall, I I, I do think that you can use them in your diet, but I, uh, I I wouldn't. It's it's one of those things where it would be easy to overdo. Scott, we've got a nice. I feel like this is a lot easier than what a lot of people make it out to be. You know, this this overview, this summary that you just. It, I'm, by easy, I'm not talking about the actual process itself. I'm talking about just by by definition, just the structure. You know, when people talk about getting into a, getting in, into shape, you know, and they think, well, I've got to have this nutritious diet. This is going to be, you know, like a, a scientist having to, you know, have beakers and put some chemicals together. It's really not that. It's a lot easier than what we make it out to be. Now, the process is a little more difficult to get started for someone who is not dieted at all. They're not trying to eat healthy whatsoever. Now they're trying to go from maybe eating ice cream every night to cutting that out and eating more proteins and carbs and, and, and watching, you know, not eating more carbs, but watching their diet more closely. It's going to be more difficult. But I think the way that you described it for us today should make it a lot easier for people to get off the ground and to start just digging into the fundamentals of dieting. And I appreciate the way that you formulated that. But I would like to, before we let you go, I, I should have probably termed it this way from the beginning, but I, you know, it, it just occurs to me that before we, before we end the episode, I, I tend to like to put you on the spot. So I thought we would just, <laughs> okay. I thought we would just title this, uh, uh, put Scott on the spot, right? Uh, <laughs> great, great. <laughs> but this one's not hard. I'd just like for you to give us a, a, a just a, a concise summary of everything that we discussed today for this episode and what you'd like to leave people with. Well, I think first and foremost, the key is to just do better than you had before. If you focus on uh, using the foods that we mentioned here, switching over to these clean foods, I think that over time you can find the portions that work for you because I do find that everybody's different. I could, I'm trying to throw some numbers out there. I don't feel super comfortable with them because everybody's going to have their own unique response. Yeah, I think that one of the things people run into uh, when they are beginning to eat cleaner is that they are afraid because there is so much food now in their lives that they end up thinking they're eating a lot more. But when your body is eating these clean, healthy foods, you can actually process a lot more and make better use out of them. So I would uh, definitely impress upon you that uh, you are going to be eating more food and you need to be able to eat more food. What we're doing is we are trying to speed your metabolism up. 
you know, get your body revving so that you are processing all these foods. You're used to all these foods. And then you have room when you want to get into shape, you can start removing things and, and you have room somewhere to go. Otherwise, if you're not eating anything to start, there's no way that you can get into shape. You need to have, you need to have foods in your diet so that you have, you know, these different options to make. You know, when I put a diet together, here's what it comes down to. We're, we're making continual changes. Uh, sometimes it's adding foods, but oftentimes it's taking something away. Oftentimes it's adding more cardio. A lot of times it's creating a higher calorie deficit in some way or another. And if you don't have these foods in your diet to begin with, if you haven't worked up to a good, healthy diet to begin with, and that's what I'm looking to do here, then you're not going to be able to lose fat. We can talk a little bit more on the next episode about now taking these things and what do we do now? We found a set point. We found a diet that you're comfortable with. You've built up to eating four or five times a day. You're using carbs. You're using proteins. You're using fats. And now what? Now how do we start to get you to lose fat? Awesome. Yep, looking forward to the next episode. And Scott, you said it in the first episode. Well, you probably mentioned it last episode, and I've heard you say it again today when it comes to nutrition. Have faith in the process. Uh, that is very inspirational to me personally. I feel like that's going to be inspiring to our listeners as well. Have faith in the process. Uh, put put your plan together. Have your goals in mind. Put your plan together and just have faith and stick to it. Uh, Scott, we appreciate you coming on today. Looking forward to looking forward to but also going to be kind of disappointed to wrap things up man i'm having such a good time with you definitely looking forward to to speaking with you on the uh the final episode of this series uh episode four next time we meet up so thanks again sir we appreciate everything that you're doing here and uh we'll talk to you soon absolutely i'll look forward to coming back and uh when we do we're going to take all these pieces we're going to put them all together and, uh, and hopefully people will walk away with a better understanding on what they can do to, to make some healthy choices and, and, and get the physique and the life that they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Great. Thanks again, Scott. Thanks, guys. And we're out. Thank you to Scott McNally and thank you, the CEP listener. You may have heard me talk about just how much we adore word of mouth, so please tell your friends and fam about the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our most humble yet completely awesome show on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And you can also download the episodes on the launching pad of All Things Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. If you need to contact us for booking info, playlist submissions, or just to say hey, you can do that at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. We love seeing you on the socials. We are on all of them, so come and see us and say hey. And as always, be sure to keep your brains warm out there. See ya.